worry, it is coming. I think there are, there are times in life when God is clearly at work and you really have to listen to him. There are times when it's really, really obvious and there are times when it's often less so. This last week has been one of those times where God has been making himself very, very clear to me and I know to those of us who gathered for the prayer evenings and hopefully those who are unable to be through your week at home or at work, God has been speaking to you. At the start of this week, I was a little unsure about where our prayer evenings would be heading. And in many ways, they often change course as we go through, as the Spirit shows us perhaps where we need to look at. Last week, we looked at Jesus' baptism. It was a reminder that there are three things that I pulled out from that, that things don't always go as expected with Jesus, We surrender our plans to him and follow him. And as we do all of that, we see the Father looking at us and affirming us. That message has struck with me all week, that our identity is as his children and that he is our Father. Video, please, Luke. You may well have seen that before, but I think it just captures the attention once again when we hear it afresh. I have got a copy of it printed out for you with all of the scripture references that were referred to on the video. So do, I'll pop it at the back and do take them with you um, on on your way out. There we go. It just came back to me over the course of those three nights that actually I think we really do need to press in to seek in God as our Father. The Father heart of God is something that is so important, yet we often say it without really meaning it. And do we understand what it truly means? Our identity is first and foremost as a child of God. That is really, really important. When we are his children, there is nothing that we can do to make God love us less. There is nothing that we can do to make God love us more. In fact, that's true for anybody, whether we're his children or not. But whatever we do, we are not in a thing of getting getting recognition from God because of what we do. That's the first thing to get out of the way. That's a myth. God loves us for who we are. No matter if we're up the front with a collar, if we're sat in the pew, if we're making the tea, if we're cleaning the toilets, God loves you just the way you are. And I think that's really important for us to hear this morning. That God loves us. As we progressed through those prayer nights last week, the testimonies that I started hearing from people really started to stack up. Things that I'd been thinking about were confirmed by others. Over the course of yesterday, I had a couple of texts from people who weren't even at the evenings, which confirmed some of the things that were happening during the evenings. God has well and truly got my attention. God has been speaking. And as Wendy said, on Wednesday, we spent time listening to God, something which we are not very good at as the church. And I mean the whole church, not just us here. We're not very good at listening to God. But as a friend of mine used to say, we've two ears and one mouth, so we should be listening twice as much as we're speaking. But we started spending time listening to God, and we focused on the passage from Hebrews, that if we hear God, we must not harden our hearts. As we spent time praying, I had a picture from God that some of us here in Christ Church have a heart of stone. And that is not a bad thing. I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty if you have a heart of stone. 
Because what God was saying is there is a sense that he wants to take a mallet, he wants to smash that stone around your heart and put in that heart of flesh. And as I was doing that, Sue told me about Agate, I think it's called, and she showed me these pictures. The hard crust of the rock on the outside, but you don't know what's inside until you smash it open and see all those beautiful colors. Friends, what if that is like our heart? If our heart is covered in stone, but God wants to smash it open and reveal all of those colors to us. If we got a heart of stone, do we need to have God effectively smash our heart open? As I prayed and reflected on this, it's when I really got a sense that generally Christians have forgotten what it means to be children of God. Christians have forgotten that we see God as our Father. It rolls off the tongue so easily. Our Father in heaven. God is our Father. He's the Son. He's the Holy Spirit. It rolls off our tongue so, so easily. But have we truly realized what God our Father means? I shared this on Thursday, and I'm going to share it again this evening. It's an article that I stumbled across from the Gospel Coalition. And this particular bit stuck out at me. There is more than what's on the screen. Christians today take it for granted that God is our Father. But few people stop to think what this name really means. We know that Jesus taught his disciples to pray our Father, and that the Aramaic word Abba, Father, is one of the few that Jesus used, and it has remained untranslated in our New Testament. Nowadays, hardly anybody finds this strange, and many people are surprised to discover that the Jews of Jesus' day and even his own disciples were puzzled by his teaching. This is because the deeper meaning and the wider implications of the term father are largely unknown today. So widespread and generally accepted has the name become that we no longer question it. And so we often fail to realize how important it is for our understanding of God. As I say, it's easy for me to stand here and say, God is my Father. It's easy for us to pray together, our Father in heaven. But how often do we stop to actually think about what it is? And I actually believe that there is a real identity crisis in the church at the moment because we have lost the identity as children of God. We've just watched the Father's love letter. Those are the promises that he makes to us. Yes, I know it was a lot of it was potentially taken out of context, but just bear with it on that one. But it goes to show perhaps how much we often miss. As I've said to you before, if people come to me and say, God has stopped talking to me, my first question back to you is going to be, well, when did you stop reading your Bible? Because when we are reading scriptures, God is speaking to us. God is constantly wanting to engage with us as his children as a father loves his children, that is how God loves us. He is wanting to talk to us. There's been lots of things happening. I'm not going to go through all the testimonies. It's not fair. I've not got permission. But there have been so many answers to prayer this week. Some instantly, some over a period of time. And I think we now, as Christ Church, are in a place where we are hungry for God once again. We are hungry to know God as our Father once again. And I truly believe that's the message that he wants us to hear this morning. I think our identity is lost. And we end up feeling like imposters. Now those of you at Ladies Breakfast when Amanda led it will have heard this. But I'm going to share a quote from Neil Gaiman. 
Some years ago, he says, I was lucky enough to be invited to a gathering of great and good people, artists and scientists, writers and discoverers of things. And I felt that at any moment, they would realize that I didn't qualify to be there among these people who had, done really, who had really done things. On my second or third night there, I was standing at the back of the hall while a musical entertainment happened. And I started talking to a very nice, polite, elderly gentleman about several things, including our shared first name. And then he pointed to the hall of people and said words to the effect of, I just look at all these people and I think, what the heck am I doing here? They've made amazing things. I just went where I was sent. And I said, yes, but you were the first man on the moon. I think that counts for something. And I felt a bit better because if Neil Armstrong felt like an imposter, maybe everyone did. Maybe they weren't any grown-ups, only people who had worked hard and also got lucky and were slightly out of their depth. All of us doing the best job we could, which is all we can really hope for. Friends, I think that is the case in the church at the moment, that we have imposter syndrome. That we may be sat here going through the motions, coming to church on a Sunday because it's the done thing. Well, it's not really the done thing anymore, is it? But we make the effort to come to church. But are we just sat here going, singing the songs, listening to scripture, listening to the vicar prattle on at the front? Or are we truly coming and engaging with God as our Father? I genuinely believe that that is an identity crisis. We don't know what it means to be children of God. Sometimes I am working and doing ministry and I think, where on earth is God in all of this? What am I doing? Who am I to be representing God? Who am I to put this scary bit of white plastic on my, around my neck? It happens to all of us. Even at theological college, I would often talk with friends about the fact that it didn't feel right that we were there. We all had the same feeling that we were waiting for the bishop to call and say, I'm really sorry, guys, we've made a big mistake. You're not right for ordination. Of course, the call never came. Otherwise, I wouldn't be stood here. All of us in our Christian walk have likely felt like that at some point. Perhaps we are feeling like that today. Perhaps we are sat here going through the motions, thinking, well, that's all well and good that God is my father, but I don't feel it. Perhaps we're sat here going, but I'm not sure I believe this anymore. Perhaps we're sat here going, but I've been hurt so much, I don't want to open up to God again. Friends, God wants to quash all of that. He wants to say to you, I am your father. I love you. Now is the time to come back to God. And I do think there is a sense of us wanting to return back to God as father so that he can bring healing to the church, so that the church can be raised up as an army of God to make a difference in a hurting world. If we are to do this, we have to start with ourselves, though. We have to start here, now, getting our own lives in order so that we can be effective agents of mission out in the mission field, which is just outside of our doors. Our first value in our vision is right here. It's being Christ-centered. We need to understand what it means that God is our Father. And I don't just mean saying it or by rote, God our Father. I mean truly understanding and deeply understanding that God is our Father. As Mark Stibbe once said, before churches can be agents of healing to a 
fatherless world, they must first begin by putting their own house in order. Friends, I believe today is the day when God wants to truly minister to each of us and say, I love you. You are my child and I am your father. Wendy shared a picture with me on, I think it was Friday, this, about holding out our hands to God, giving him our hearts and receiving his love afresh. I want us to take a bold step this morning and do just that. I'm going to share a video in a, in a, in a while that I was reminded of on Thursday evening, and I want us to use it as an act of surrender back to God as our Father. We're going to have a time of, of prayer to do just that, to hold out our hands, to give him our heart, and to receive his love afresh. But to do this, we need to rediscover God as our Father. There are seven keys from Mark Stibby about how to do this. I'm going to rattle through them quite quickly, because otherwise we'll be here for hours. The first is that we need to revise our understanding of God. What is our understanding of God after all? We need to learn to see God as he really is. Our Abba. Our Daddy. Our Papa. Our loving Father. Abba. There are lots of different names for God in Scripture. The New Testament reveals that the primary name for God is Abba. Our perfect heavenly father loves us as his children. He redeems and rescues us and he provides for us. We know him as father because we know him as father because that's what Jesus told us. When we call God Abba, we are honoring everything that Jesus did for us. So let's let God project fatherhood on us rather than us projecting fatherhood on God, which is often the way we do it. We need to make a choice to face our pain. And this isn't easy. But for us to get real, we need to be honest and confront the things that cause us pain. Perhaps it's the pain of our earthly father leaving us too soon, whether voluntarily or not. Perhaps it's the pain of a difficult relationship with our children. Perhaps it's not something to do with fathers at all. You know what that pain is. We need to get real with God. Offer him that pain so that we can seek his healing because he wants to heal us. When we bury that pain, whatever it is, it's destructive. Let's bring it to the surface and deal with it. Let's deal with it as God the Father wants us to deal with it because he won't give us more than we can handle. We need to repent of our orphan tendencies. We need to be accountable friends with each other and with God. It's all too easy to say, well, let's hold each other accountable. But we actually need to do it. We need to repent of the times we've gone and done our own thing. We need to repent for the times when we ought to have done stuff and we haven't done stuff. In our services, we always have a time of repentance. And that is why. Because when we go and sin or we, we fail to do stuff which is a sin by omission, we are, we are showing that we are an orphan, we have that orphan tendency. Why? Because when our hearts are aligned with God... He is our Father, and we don't go down those destructive paths. In the Hebrew, the word for repentance is teshuva. And in its highest form, it's known as a child choosing to turn around and come home to its father. Prodigal son, anyone? Teshuva. 
Let's make that our repentance. Let's turn back to God. Let's repent of it. And let's start afresh. We have to forgive those who have hurt us. I didn't say this was going to be easy, did I? This might go hand in hand with facing our pain. If we have unforgiveness in our lives, we interrupt the flow of love from the Father to us. Let's make a conscious effort to forgive those who have hurt us. Forgiveness doesn't mean forgetting, but it means forgiving someone. Choosing to let go of the pain that's been caused. Let's take the steps we need so that we can be free. Because freely we have received, so freely we give. We need to go to the cross for our healing. We must never forget the freedom won for us when Jesus went to the cross in our place. It was on the cross where Jesus knew what it was like to be separated from the Father. When he cries out in anguish, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We could say that in that moment, Jesus the Son became an orphan. He knew what it was like to not have the Father there with him. We could say that the Son became an orphan so that we who are spiritual orphans become sons and daughters of the King. Let's take whatever healing we need to the cross. Let's ask God for it. Let's receive it. And then let's leave it there. We need to experience the Father's embrace. Friends, let's make sure that we can feel the Father embracing us. It will be different for all of us. We'll all respond differently. But remember that God knows each of us better than we know ourselves. So he will know the best way to get your attention. It may be through tears. It may be through laughter. It may be through anything else. It may just be that deep sense of peace that you get at certain times when you're reading your Bible or singing worship, whatever it is. You know how you engage with God. I encourage you to go with it, to seek the Father's embrace however he speaks to you. Because we need to learn that the Father loves us. And when we are embraced by him, we get a sense of that love that he has for us. And lastly, we have to build a strong identity in Christ. When we come to God, we have a new identity. We are a new creation. When we build our identity in Christ and receive the Holy Spirit, we are children of God. At that point, no longer is our identity tied up in what we do, but it's tied up with who we are. Children of God. Jesus tells us that the devil comes to rob, steal, and destroy. He will try and steal our identity as children of God. He will try it. That is why our identity has to be strong in Christ so that we can withstand those attacks when they come. We come to Abba. We receive his love afresh. We're reminded of what he says to us, that he is well pleased with us, and he loves us. We need to continue to cultivate our identity in Christ so that we can withstand the pressures of the world and not slip away. And I know, again, that's easier said than done. But let's start working on building that strong identity in Jesus. And it doesn't matter which order we take these in. I just think we need to start to realize the enormity of what it means to be children of God and to receive the love of our Father this morning. He is calling us back to himself. 
no matter how far away we feel right now, God is calling you back home. He is calling you into his embrace to say, I love you, you are my child. That is what God is saying to us today. I love you, you are my child. There comes a point when we get so far we have to turn around and we run back to him with open arms. In the Greek, it's the metanoia, where we repent and we turn back. Friends, I encourage you, let's make this morning a metanoia in our own journey with God. If we've been running away, let's take that time today to say, okay, I've gone far enough, God. I'm sorry, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to run back into your loving embrace. Let's hear afresh today that God is our Father. We're going to watch a short video and then we'll pray.